everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, and I am ready to do some, some big digging into, uh, you know, all of our, our friends and neighbors with, you know, PIs and whatever uh, digital surveillance we can come up with these days, because that's how you make friends. I don't think you learned the right lessons from this episode, Matt. Huh, really? Well, maybe I always pay attention to the wrong parts where, you know, the bad guy just gets blinded with a laser that will clear up in about 30 seconds. No, 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 no. We'll talk about lasers all you want, Matt, I promise. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, hi, guys. First of all, apparently we are, we are on Spotify, and then we got I, we got removed from Spotify. I don't know why. Uh, we're back on Spotify, I hope. I certainly hope we are. I tried. Uh, and now we're also on iHeartRadio. I added us to that as well. Um, if there's any other app you guys use that we're not on or for some reason, tell me and I'll try and get us added to it. Hopefully all that works now. I've got a lot of messages from Spotify networking. Hopefully it's all good now. Also, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. We have a couple of people to thank. Matthew. Uh, the best people in the world? Okay. Exactly. First, just Dan. Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And Michael Bowerman. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. This week's episode is The Dad Who Knew Too Little, episode EABF03, originally aired January 12th, 2003, written by Matt Selman. You know so good episodes generally are written by Matt Selman, Matt? It does seem to be uh, a trend we've noticed. Mm -hmm. And it's directed by Mark Kirkland. It was viewed in approximately 7.6 million households with a Nielsen rating of 7.1, finished 39th in the ratings, tied... With new episodes of Law and Order SVU and 48 Hours, it was the third highest rated broadcast on Fox that week following a National Football League playoffs game and an episode of Joe Millionaire. Good old Joe Millionaire. Reality shows are such a product of their time. It's kind of hilarious. Whatever happened to Joe, Joe Millionaire? I don't know. He's probably a studio executive somewhere now. Like he was just an actor, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what happens to actors in successful shows. They go on to produce their own successful shows. Not sure if it was successful, though. How many seasons did Joe Millionaire go for, Robbie? That's your assignment for next week. I think there's two. Oh, okay. Well, then probably not then. That doesn't seem very successful to me. I can't. I, I was trying to find out what actually happened to the that dude, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, this episode, let's see, the couch gag. In a parody of Lunch Atop a Skyscraper, the Simpsons are dressed as construction workers of the early 20th century and are sitting on a girder watching a television. Which Cute. I like when the Simpsons reference classic literature and art. I all it does is give me anxiety about being high up in the air. <laughs> oh, for sure, that is not something that anybody should ever actually do. Oh, it's just I. I feel like one of the things the Simpsons has lost lost over the years, and this will be quick, I promise, uh, is uh, introducing people who never would have uh, known about like classic literature and movies and those sorts of things to them because it's one of the, it definitely happened to me. Like I went out and sought out. Uh, you know what these were references to way back when uh, because I thought oh that's interesting I wonder what they're they're making fun of and it introduced me to a whole new world and I worry that the new seasons are not doing that but we'll talk about that with probably it, some new season reviews it, they do it still sometimes it's just you know after a while there's less things to reference that's true and so guest stars Elliot Gould as himself very briefly Weird. yeah I uh, it's fine. Like I would just give Elliot Gould a little bit more than just being an angry version of himself, but that's just me. Uh, speaking yeah. of angry Elliot Gould, we begin with a Cribs parody called Pads, because uh, and we go to Krusty's house. 
I I'm not a big fan of cribs. Nope. And I don't I, I mean it occasionally gives you good ideas for what to do when you get rich, right, Robbie? Yeah, when when I get rich. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That that's gonna yep. happen. When you become a best selling author and you have Stephen King money. I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. Hey, 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 I I need to hear some optimism from you, buddy. But I there's not really any okay. I I could talk a very long time about how publishing works in 2020 but let's let's move on to elliot Gould. it's so crusty's there he's washed up he's drunk he's hung over he doesn't swim in his pool he throws shrimp shells in there he has a recliner uh elliot Gould is his neighbor he's angry attacks him because his because mr teeny is attacking mr elliot Gould's children i think is what's going on yes he's, he's biting them because they're wearing banana suntan lotion of course uh, probably the lamest gag in this entire episode, which I guess is a good thing because it's, yeah. if that's the lamest gag, that's, that's probably pretty good. Uh, but all there, there were, it's basically just a, the Simpsons are watching television and then they see a commercial for a new product, a diary, the turbo diary. Dear diary. I have a crush on Kenny. That's me! You would like me, loser. <laughs> Girls, don't let this happen to you. Get the Turbo Diary from Girl Tech. No one can read your secrets except you. Unauthorized user, access denied. Turbo Diary, I love that I bought you. Get your Turbo Diary from Girl Tech. Girl Tech is a division of Boy Tech. Hey, I could really use one of those. No arguments here. Man, I really come off like a jerk in this thing. <laughs> Mom, Dad, my birthday's coming up, and Girl Tech Turbo Diaries are in stores now. Lisa, nobody likes a shill. Just buy me the friggin' toy. <laughs> I love that little shill. Let's get her that diary. I agree. A girl should have her own private diary. I had to share mine with my uncle. <laughs> Poor Marge. <laughs> I know, that's that sounds terrible. <laughs> Um, so, <coughs> also, hey, Matt, this episode moves. It really does. I think it's one of the things that uh, happens in this particular episode that made me really more enjoy it more than uh, a lot of recent episodes is because, man, plot point, plot point, plot point, and it's all completely connected to the plot. There's very little superfluousness. I love it. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, the, the thing is, like, when there's a a tangent it's actually it actually connects back to the plot and that's really all we ask for a lot of the time is like just make it at least if it's a tangent make it connect um so homer it's lisa's and we so it's just like two minutes in the episode we got lisa's birthday's coming up she wants this new present so hey we already have lisa established what she wants very important. She wants, this character wants a Turbo Diary, and now Homer needs to go get it. So Homer now also needs, has a similar goal of a, getting this Turbo Diary. So he goes to the mall with Bart. It turns out it's free samples day in the food court, and Homer is, I don't know, driven to eat all the food. Except for Indian food, for some reason. Which obviously, no, Homer, no, Indian food is amazing. I, I, this is my question, man. This is a, a existential question about Homer. This this because this episode spells out Homer doesn't like Indian food, which does not jive with my conception of Homer. Yeah, I, I don't think Homer has any type of food that he just doesn't like. That's what I'm thinking. Like I would like the, if anything, Homer likes all food. Like he enjoys everything, 
And when he doesn't know it, he eats it anyway and he finds out, oh, I like it because I like all food. He's a glutton. And Indian food's great. It's fantastic, especially Indian buffets. Oh, Indian buffets, so close to my heart. I, there's a, a joke in there somewhere about that. I'll leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> they So they go, Homer devours all the samples. And then they go to the toy store. Is a Turbo Diary? I guess a Turbo Diary would be sold in a toy store. Wouldn't it be like in a... I don't know if it's where else it would be sold. I guess it's for little girls, so... Yeah, it's it's for kids. It's the kind of thing that would have been sold at Toys R Us back when there was a Toys R Us, which there was when this episode came out, so... Or like a KB Toys or something like that. It would have been in a mall. KB Toys. There's also... What was the other one? Um, The other mall toy store. It's not KB. Um... It's the only one I can remember. There's there's another one. I can't remember the name. But, unfortunately, that time of eating those samples mattered. Because as Homer arrives at the toy store, the uh, the 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 owner, just Charles Bronson guy, uh, Charles Bronson voice guy, reveals that the last one was just sold to Mr. Burns. As Mr. Burns desperately needed a turbo diary. Um, so Turbidari sold out. What do we do? What do we do, Matt? Well, I believe we find a, a, uh, a substitute gift. That's going to be, Lisa will love just as much. Just as much. So Homer is on the search. And like, I think this is important in that Homer throughout this entire episode has her best interest at heart and, and paired to that is willing to admit when he made a mistake and try and correct it. Even if he does it in a bad way, like if he makes a poor decision in doing that, that's okay. But Homer, it doesn't, it, we never get jerk Homer in this. Well, yeah, because Homer, like you said, is always has the best of intentions. He's just being stupid, which is the Homer we like. That's, that's totally okay. That's every sitcom dad ever, it feels like. And when Homer is that, we can forgive him for a lot of his foibles. So. Homer is walking through the mall looking for a replacement gift, finds Flanders at a kiosk in the center of the mall, which this is a little weird to me. The very fact that there is no person there, there's no vendor. There is just Flanders and Flanders computer, obviously. And Flanders works at the Leftorium, also at the mall. But I I don't know. This is a odd. I think just an oddity. And we're like, well, what, why don't they just have a vendor? They wanted they wanted the they wanted to get the uh, rod. <laughs> I think they wanted just wanted to get those rod jokes in. Yeah. Uh, so we we meet Flanders, and he's at a kiosk for a personalized video where you you put your kid into a pre made digital animation, usually shoddy, and uh, you supply the the their 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 a few details about them and it gets plugged in. And did you ever receive anything like this in your life, man? I did not. Thank goodness. I was old enough by the time this kind of stuff came out that, uh, it was not an option for me. I got a book that was similar to this. Oh, interesting. It was like a children's book when I was very young that I was, and I was like five, so I didn't know any better. So I thought it was awesome. Because it it was about dinosaurs, and uh, all it did was, like, put my name in there and, like, some key facts about, like, what's my favorite food and and, uh, my friends, like, your friend's name. And so I went and, you know, I hung out with dinosaurs and, like, ate lasagna or something. Uh, And I thought it was great. Uh, It was not a video, though. 
in the book, it, I loved books, so whatever. You could have got me any book. I would have been cool with it. But personalized Robbie book was pretty awesome. Uh, the video, we, we first see Flanders' version, which is Farad. Shop in the morning, Homer. Just call me Mall Flanders. <laughs> what are you buying? Jerk stuff. Oh, you betcha. This kiosk sells personalized movies. I had one made starring Little Rod. Kiosk Productions presents An Outer Space Adventure, starring you. One day, while flying your spaceship, you saw a planet and decided to land. Greetings. I am Commander... Rod! Welcome, Earthling. What are your hobbies? My hobbies include... Being quiet during trips, clapping with songs, and diabetes. Sounds like fun! Let's party! Hey, your kid is in the movie! And the movie knows his name! Maybe Lisa will like this better than the diary! Stupid Flanders, you're a genius! And diabetes. Diabetes is <laughs> a great hobby, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it, has, it absolutely is a hobby if you have it. Uh, poor Rod. <laughs> poor little Rod. I feel so bad for him now. Uh, diabetes. Um, so Homer thinks this is awesome and thinks Lisa would love it. He's wrong, well, but, but yeah. he does think he, this is not him like trying to trick her. Well, to be fair, she might have liked it if the information had been correct. That is very true. That is a very good point. Because then we, from this scene, we cut to Lisa getting her presents from her family. First, we get her. She gets a laser pointer from Bart, uh, which we get a gag with Skinner getting point, a laser pointer pointed at his, his, his crotch. Don't get a case of the crotch dots, Matt. That's true, because that laser goes really far. You remember those old red lasers they had in the late 90s that went all of, like, 20 uh, feet? Uh, here, That's th- what Bart's using here. I think, Matt, this is my this is my conjecture about this laser. This is mail-order special laser. Well, yeah, but a red laser won't go that far. I mean, maybe you had a green laser end at night. Okay. Let's turn off that big brain just for a second. <laughs> okay. So, Lisa gets her red lasers. It seems to be happy about the laser. Then, Homer gives her his gift. I wonder what this could be. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Could it be some kind of book? Well, yes and no. Mostly no. What? You were supposed to get her that stupid diary. But it's a personalized video about my favorite little star, Lisa Simpson. Well, this could be fun. Let's watch it. Howdy, partners. My name is Sheriff... Lisa Simpson. I sure am hungry for my favorite food. McNuggets. I don't like McNuggets. I'm a vegetarian. Still? And you're not going to like your other present. Why, it's my best friend. Maggie! Huh? Bad news, Sheriff. Lisa Simpson. Some Indians took all the... McNuggets. Mmm, McNuggets. I'll get those no-good Indians, just as sure as my favorite book is... Magazines! Wake up, Dad. Hey, what? Dad, that information is all wrong. Maggie's a baby, not my best friend. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> Maggie, you're her best friend. Go talk to her. 
Oh, what have I done? Uh, children don't remember bad birthdays, do they? Never. Never. Children never remember bad birthdays. They just forget. It's like water off a duck's back kind of thing. So Lisa gets her gift. And I think this is an important detail here is that Lisa doesn't it's not a, she's not upset that she i mean i think she's a little uh, let down that she didn't get the turbo diary but what really makes her upset and homer is not the fact that he got her this gift it is that she he got all the details wrong about her that he doesn't know his own daughter yes and that, that's why lisa is upset and again we have a central conflict in the episode that we have completely gotten to by the end of the first act everything the first act was germane to this and it is set up for what is going on for the rest of the episode. We understand the stakes. We understand why who why why Lisa's upset. We understand what Homer's trying to do. All in the end of the first act, so much achieved. Uh we go to the commercial six minutes and fifty one seconds in. And when we come back, we basically at the same spot. The next morning, Lisa is still angry. Homer is trying, like he he's trying to make it up to her, but once again, he is bad at it because he's Homer, of course. Uh, so uh, when Lisa gets on the school bus, she says, you know, don't bother. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. And but I'm still angry with you. And Homer just stands in the street looking sad. So he goes where Homer goes when he's sad and goes to Moe's. Gee, Homer, you sure look sad. Yeah, at least you ain't aging six years for everyone because of your cow heart. Oh, my daughter hates me because I don't know anything about her. Ah, well, whenever I got to know something about abroad, I use this guy. This detective is unbelievable. He can learn more about a chick by digging through one garbage can than you could from years of intimacy. He found out who was cobbling shoes for me at night. Turns out I have severe schizophrenia. Well, if hiring this guy will make Lisa like me again, then I'll do it. Can I get this beer to go? Sure. Maybe someday I'll turn into a swan. <sighs> Oh, God. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out here that in the middle of that, uh, when Homer asks for his beer to go, which, no, that's not something you do. You don't get alcohol to go, at least in most states. Uh, Mo pours it into a little uh, aluminum foil and turns it into a swan. And that's the kind of joke that I can really appreciate. It, it's little. It takes less than 10 seconds. But it's really funny when you watch it. It's the kind of thing you can you can insert to just add a laugh on something that's supposed to be really sad and dark. Like is this this entire clip is kind of dark because you have a PI that Mo is using to investigate women because Mo is a very creepy character, obviously, and it kind of lightens the mood. And then Mo just goes, "Oh, someday I'll be a swan," which goes back in the dark direction, but actually makes it funnier. It's I don't know. It's just it works for me. And I, I was very surprised by that, quite frankly. I mean, I think it's it it it, it uh, toes that line really well of not being too dark. You know, Mo. I think Mo is a character that lets you make those kind of jokes to like kind of black humor, but doesn't quite it doesn't go down the like, oh, suicide jokes or like, you know, it's not uh, it's not it's all kind of hinted at. It's not necessarily spelled out for you. By leaving it up to your imagination a little bit, it makes it a little bit more palatable, frankly. It's not like, hey, throw it right in your face. Here's Mo with the nooses. Here's a joke. And you're like, that's not... You gotta... Making Mo talk about wanting to be a swan one day. That's... There, that's there's art to that. There's some, there's some, there's some poetry in that. Mm-hmm. 
It's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, that is the kind of thing that Mo would want. And it it's kind of depressing, but not in a horribly sad way. Like, no one's going to die. No one's going to be assaulted. It's like, oh, it's the kind of thought we have all had, and that's what makes it funny. Jokes. Jokes. Jokes that work. So, yes. Uh, Homer goes to the private investigator, Dexter Colt. Uh, and uh, he is... At some point, it gets it comes across that he is a disgraced detective, uh, but he's not. There's a joke about a, a newspaper uh, article on the the wall, uh, and it turns out he is not. But later on, they call him a disgraced detective. So I don't know if Homer just got that um, wrong or whatever. But you know, we're just going with it. Uh, Homer has to pay fifty dollars a day, which is way cheaper than real private investigator costs, uh, even back then. Uh, because it's usually hundreds of dollars a day. I was going to say, but, but they, this is the thing where the episode actually gets something wrong, but then circles back around to make it make it make sense. Because it's because we learn that Dexter Cold is kind of a con artist and is using the expenses to charge Homer a lot more money than he expects. Exactly. It's like uh, your cable company says, oh, you're only going to pay 40 bucks a month. And then there's $40 in expenses on top of that. So you're, you're kind of doubles. So that's that's what we're going for. Uh, we also see I was going to say we also see that Homer's email address is uh, chunky lover 53 at AOL dot com. One word. Which, one word, which I mean, it's an email address. You can't ask places an email addresses anyway. Underscores. So, you can have underscores. That's true. And this is 2003. People weren't as. That's true. A lot of people still had AOL addresses back then, but I don't know where the 53 came from. That's when Homer was born. That's not true. <laughs> near. Maybe maybe that was his birth year back when the show started. Yeah, that's what I mean. Still, like, yeah, I you know, know. 37 I, or whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm just – it's a joke. Oh, boy. I just realized I'm going to be as old as Homer this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Whew. Revelations about our lives. Uh, so Dexter Colt begins the process of learning information about uh, Lisa. Uh, he goes through – he goes to school. He goes through her locker. Uh, he puts Willie off the trail by saying he's the spinning image of the Aberdeen Strangler. So we learn something about Willie. Apparently he is the Aberdeen Strangler or at least looks way too much like him. Uh, he also – blackmails nelson by stealing his picture of snow white and is then a jerk to nelson by telling him oh it's an actor like come on man i know you're supposed to be a bad character but that's just cruel and obviously nelson knows this because he's a fourth grader he's not stupid but man wait wait, wait a minute man wait a minute mm. are you telling me that when i go to disney though that's not actually winnie the pooh well see the thing about disney is uh It is Winnie the Pooh because uh, you will never find two Winnie the Poohs in the park at the same time Uh, because obviously they're shutting them around all over the place. There is there's the real Winnie the Pooh and they just move him from park to park. They're very careful about that. Okay, so it's actually I'm just trying to confirm it's really Winnie the Pooh. Okay, I definitely win. I value my poo. Okay, we're going to go right past that anyway. uh, So at this point, uh. He went to the Black Bells Nelson. He also goes to talk to Ralph, and I recorded this because, well, it's Ralph. Lisa Simpson is a girl at my school. Yes, yes, you said that already. What else do you know? I once picked my nose till it bleeded. About Lisa? Lisa Simpson is a girl at my school. Someone's already worked this guy over. So, yes, that's that's how well most of Dexter Colt's stuff goes. Uh, but... At this point, uh, Homer receives the package uh, from Dexter, and he uses this information to 
basically get to Lisa to appreciate what he's done. Uh, he listens to Miles Davis's Birth of the Cool because it's Lisa's favorite album. Uh, they go to an animal rights protest because there's a horrible place that's making monkeys smoke, among other terrible animal testing. Uh, and Lisa is is very happy about this uh, because, you know, obviously Homer is spending time with her, which I think is the real reason she's happy. Uh, it's almost like Lisa the Greek uh, when Homer was spending all the time watching football with her. She really appreciated that even though they weren't really doing things that she appreciated. Now it's like that, but they're also doing things Lisa loves because that's what Homer wants this week is he wants to be, you know, happy with uh, uh, Lisa or Homer, whoever I said first. Anyway, they, they want to be happy together, essentially. Unfortunately, when Homer goes back to Dexter, uh, things take a turn. You did it! Lisa thinks I'm the greatest! I might even put you to work on Bart and Maggie! Go super dead on all their asses! I believe there's still the matter of my expenses. Oh, yes. Well, let's take a look and see it. A thousand dollars?! How did you spend a thousand dollars? It's itemized. A forty dollar steak?! Yeah, but if I'd eaten the whole thing, it would have been free. You've been living like a king on my dollar. Super unleaded gas. Silver bullets. Early on, I was working under the theory that your daughter was a werewolf. It didn't pan out. I can't believe a man who agreed to follow my daughter around for money would turn out to be a dirtbag. You better pay up, Simpson. Regret the day you crossed Dexter Colt. You'll regret the day you went to the expensive coffee place. So, yes, as we can see, once again, Homer has made things worse after making them better. It's just the way things go for Homer. Uh, so he refuses to pay and then runs off. Uh, this leads to things going downhill very, very, very quickly uh, because... Uh, Dexter Colt uses the information he dug up on Lisa to frame Lisa for attacking the animal rights or the animal testing lab, at least behind her book report in the Secret Garden, which we already saw and whatnot. And even to Wiggum, it's pretty obvious that Lisa has done this, uh, even though it's also obvious it's a frame job. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so in perhaps one of the best scenes in the entire episode, while they are discussing this, uh, Ralph rings the Simpsons doorbell and says, uh, hey, can Lisa come out with her hands up? In the same exact tone, you would say, hey, can at least come out and play. And it's for some reason that slayed me. I don't know why. Just it's funny. I'm sorry. That's that's like the best thing Ralph did in the entire you know, season. You're a sucker for Ralph, man. I, I hate to tell you. I am a sucker for Ralph. It's weird like that. Um, so, yes. And at this point, however, the cops are actually like crouched in the bushes outside the front door uh, and. Uh, Marge comes out and says, oh, come on, Chief, this is just sad. And Homer and Lisa bust through the garage door in the car and run off. And that is the end of our act as we go to commercial. In 15 minutes and two seconds, we come back. Uh... <laughs> what, Robbie? I just noticed your notes, Matt. Uh, so Homer and Lisa, they, they outrun the cops and they check into a little motel trying to hide out. And then Matt... <laughs> Ask the question in our notes. What's with the weird goo? Well, because they they run away, they go to the the, the Three Seasons Motel, and they like redo their hair uh, with some kind of weird black goo, and then Homer uses it to paint on his face when he's mad at the bill. It's grease makeup. That's all it is. I know that. I know what it is. It's just it's weird the way they use it. I think it's just it's it, you know I kind of like it because it is. 
I, I think it's these type of jokes that get very tiresome in episodes with the plot that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But when you're in an episode where the plot makes sense and everyone has character motivations and reasons for why everything's happening, the more cartoony jokes are more effective because they are they're juxtaposed with realistic situations. And so, yeah, we just get Lisa blacking your hair out. So it makes it look, oh, it's a different person. That's like, and that. So then we shift to Homer punchline, where Homer now has masked a giant glob of this goop on his head to try and give himself a a, a pompadour. And of course, it doesn't work like that. And well, and frankly, the, it slides off the top of his head the first time we see it. So it's not that unrealistic, frankly. Um, they they check into the hotel. Which I really appreciated the, the, the fake names with this, so I included it. Names, please. Lady Penelope Ariel Ponyweather. Uh, Rock Strongo. Your real name? Uh, Lance Uppercut. Thank you. Sign here, Mr. Uppercut. Let me just put on my glasses. You're charging how much for a room? Hello? phone survey. If the election were held today, would you vote for A, the cops are there, or B, you're free to talk? A, and I'd like to add that proposition hug Lisa for me has my full support. Oh, Marge, you're not getting it. It's me, Homer Simpson. We got a location, Chief. Good work, Lou. We'll leave right after dinner. Lisa, this is from your mom. Uh, uh. Uh, life on the lamb is really hard, but at least it's with you, Dad. I feel terrible for putting you through this after what a wonderful father you've been. Oh, Lisa, I can't lie to you any longer. This is all my fault. I'm the worst dad in the world. What? Why? The man who framed you as a crooked detective, who I hired. Why did you do that? To find out everything about you so I'd seem like a good father. How could you? Well, all the childless drunks at most thought it was a great idea. Let's just get some sleep. I just wanted to point out that I really love the phrase, all the childless drunks at most thought it was a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect. Um, take notes, Simpsons writers. I know this is in 2003, so you can't, I, you're not listening to the future. But it has Homer admit his mistakes because he feels guilty. He feels human emotions about his daughter. Crazy. I know. Homer confesses all of this stuff to them. And in the same bit admits like, Oh, well I kind of like this. I don't mind again, just like the cartoonish gags, the self-referential, self-referential gags are a little bit easier to enjoy when the plot makes sense. When everything is is logical, you can then be make the jokes that are like a little bit silly and or self referential because you have done your work, you have set the foundation, you've you've built the scaffolding that you can hang these jokes on. So when Homer is makes the joke about oh yes, all the childless drunks at most told me it was a good idea, it's funny. Uh, so the cops have their location and the the family. Of the family, Homer and Lisa, run into the woods to try and hide from the cops. They f- stumble upon a circus. It is not just any circus, though, because they notice it has the same animals as 
the animals from the, the, the testing lab. So the connection is immediately made. I think this is probably the weakest part of the episode, is this very end. It's a little tenuous. Yeah, they just happen to come across this, and oh, look, Dexter Colt is also there. Right. And I think that's, I mean, to be fair, Matt, Dexter does still need his money. <coughs> so I could, I can forgive it to a certain extent, and maybe Dexter's just waiting. He's nearby. He knows they're at this hotel, just like the cops do. And he's True. waiting to strike, perhaps. I don't know. But I can I can cut it some slag in that way. And frankly, I am willing to be more I'm more forgiving of an episode, even if it has a little bit of looser plot, especially at the end when it's trying to tie everything together, when it centers this episode on just like, hey, it's Homer and Lisa trying to, you know, connect in Homer trying to please Lisa, Lisa trying to appreciate, respect her father, love her father. I will I am more likely to go and suspend my disbelief. When it does that work as well. They find the circus. They find the animals. Colt is there. Dexter. Colt. Has tracked them down. Uh, and fires a human cannibal at Homer. Which doesn't hurt him. Nice little bit of continuity. A little bit of recognition here. Of Homer having the iron stomach. Gets hit with a cannonball. Does not get hurt. Well, to be fair, he gets hit with a person. I mean, a person also weighs hundreds of pounds. That's true, but people are not a solid, dense mass. They are wiggly and fly around, and, well, as we can see, uh, the guy hurts his back. <laughs> I mean... They don't hit quite the way a cannonball. <laughs> the immovable object, in this case, was Homer, and that That's poor true. human cannonball just didn't have a chance. So they run from Colt after he gets hit with a cannonball, and run. Homer runs into uh, the Hall of Mirrors at the circus. And then they have a final showdown with Dexter Cole. <laughs> now what are you going to do? You can't shoot all of us. Damn it! You know, Simpson, from the moment you walked into my office, I had a feeling I'd kill you in a hall of mirrors. Dad, are you in here? How did she find us? Oh, Lisa has excellent hearing. Once when she was three, I was quietly sobbing in the closet and she found me. Oh, Dad, you do remember something about me. Perhaps you also remember this laser Bart gave me earlier. I can't see. How ironic. Now he's blind after a life of enjoying being able to see. Well, it wasn't easy, honey. But I'm glad you love me again. Yeah, but what's going to happen to the animals? Don't worry, honey. I released them all into the wild. Platus, if I find pig lipstick on your collar again, I'm not going to let you sleep in the sty no more. Duly noted. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to ignore that last 15 seconds ever happened. Um, but I also wanted to point out, this is actually my least favorite part of the episode, is that Homer remembers one thing that happened forever ago, uh, like when Lisa was three, so like five years ago, and all of a sudden Lisa's like, oh, that's so sweet. He remembered one tiny little thing, and she seems to soften her attitude towards him, and then we literally have Chekhov's laser pointer. Hey, remember this thing we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but kind of like eye-roll inducing? It's like a bad pun. I, 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 I'll, I like the laser pointer, frankly. I am. I don't care if it wouldn't actually blind him or not. Whatever. It's good. That's good. It's good enough. That's that. That's fine. That's that's TV lasers, right? And uh, frankly, it's no. It, like it is used 
they set it up and they use it. That's perfectly fine. It's a it, you know, and it's a little bit obvious, but that's okay. I don't care. The 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 one detail that Homer remembers, I think, is a little weak. Like I accept the fact that if Homer remembers a thing, Lisa could go and make that have that moment of like, oh no, Homer does remember a lot of things about me. It's just not, sometimes he's you know clumsy with his memories or doesn't you know he's just an idiot. My dad's an idiot. What am I going to do about it? You know, and I think it comes back around to that. And I think this is. It, it's the detail itself that that specific memory isn't a great one. It does raise a lot of questions about why Homer was sobbing in a closet when Lisa was three. I mean, honestly, they could say that Homer was doing practically anything at this point. And I'd be like, yeah, OK, there's probably a good reason for that. We've seen Homer do almost everything over the years. Yes, I know. It's it the memory, I think, is also that's another nitpicky thing where I think it could be a better memory. Yeah, but, but I understand what they're going for. And again, because the episode is has its heart in the right place and has set up the plot in a in a meaningful and rational way. I don't mind as much the zany ending with the circus animals, the Hall of Mirrors, the laser pointer, because there's lots of zany endings in heartfelt Simpsons episodes with logical plots because the zaniness is it as crazy when you have a th- like emotional moments that mean something? And despite the fact that Lisa, I think, you know, forgives Homer over a memory that's a little bit, you know, tangential, I can overlook that. It doesn't necessarily destroy my enjoyment of this episode. I, I don't know if I'm going to defend uh, Cletus making out with pigs. Robbie, I said we're not going to talk about that. But it's fine. It's it's a dumb joke that kind of again the Simpsons have done that for many years is like that you have the the big dumb gag at the end to kind of to to dull, dull that sweetness just the saccharine nature of the hap, really super happy ending and just make it like a little bit hey, eh, 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 a little gaggy at the end there uh, it's just a little bit you know Cletus and rednecks having sex with animals a little bit. Uh. Eh. I think haven't we as a society gotten past those jokes I mean I know this was almost 20 years ago now but come on even back then those jokes were Matt the answer is no we have not that's true (coughs) Uh, I think it's a good episode despite its minor issues I would say Uh, it's breath of fresh air frankly made me I watched it I was happy I was like oh yeah good uh, good episode fun I like yeah, it. it felt good at the end of it and feel like, oh, I'm glad that's over with. Which is always nice, especially when you have a lot of those in a row and probably another one next week. We don't rank it at the end of the show. I'll just say right away, Matt, this episode is certainly not broken. It has maybe a couple minor issues, but nothing consequential. Yeah, nothing nothing huge. I mean, when we're looking at our post-Golden Years ranking at the end of the show, I'm uh, I'm confident in it. Confident in it. Mm, all right. Mm. That's tipping your hand a little bit there, Matt. Well, uh, we can... Move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forums, see what people thought of the episode when it came out. Uh, largely very positive. Not as positive as last week. Uh, yeah. But yeah. still very, very positive with 28%, 5 out of 5, 42%, almost 42%, 4 out of 5 just over 20% 3 out of 5, and then 7 and 1%, giving you a 2 and 1 out of 5. So the vast majority think this is 3, 4, or 5 out of 5. 
Um, but the to be fair, I think you know, I think most people really liked it. Uh, I have one review. First, nine out of ten. This episode rocked. Pros: Homer not being a jerk ass. Great Norris direction. It really showcases the new digital look. The home movie videos of Flanders and Lisa were hilarious. Bart throwing the spaghetti into the fan. Forgot to mention that little bit. Mo pouring the beer into the into the the doggy bag. So quote unquote. Matt's beloved swan. Lisa saving Homer's life with a laser pointer and Cletus and Brandine with the animals. Matt, they loved Cletus and Brandine with the animals, frankly. I bet they did. Um, cons, Rob's lines weren't too great. Eddie's comment about Amy. Amy is Lou's ex-wife, right? Or Eddie's, is it Eddie's ex-wife? Uh, it was uh, Lou's ex-wife. Lou's ex-wife. Uh, Moe's transplant with the animal photo. Oh, come on, Moe and his cow heart. I like Moe and his cow heart, despite myself. And apparently, I just I, I hate the picture of like the cow being like, "Uh, is he going to take my heart?" Because that cow is obviously alive at that point. And yeah, I mean, I that's a yes, man. It's a pre-operation picture. That poor cow. Uh, and finally, apparently, Fox Chicago cut out the couch gag. Boo, Boo Fox Chicago. Uh, overall, a big step up from Make Room for Lisa. One of the best episodes of so far in this mixed season. I would agree with that. Uh, another review. Boring, boring episode. I really didn't laugh once. On the upside, there really wasn't much wrong with it. There just wasn't much good about it. It felt like the skeleton of an episode, pretty much mediocrity from start to finish. They missed many great opportunities. Any emotion at the end was sacrificed from a man in a cannon and circus animals. Third act could have been much darker, too. It could have been benefited from a Kate Fear as darkness, but that was passed up. Nothing hard about this episode, but nothing impressive. 2.5 or 3 out of 5. It's not starting to sound like me, Matt, this man, this person. Yeah, I here. know, it's weird. It's, it's like you were, uh, what, in high school at this point? So uh, you hopped on the internet and started making comments about Simpsons episodes? I was I was a junior in high school. I was not making comments. I didn't really watch this. I was, like, checking out of The Simpsons at this point. Yeah. I had moved on to Chappelle Show, South Park. You know, all those edgy shows. Yeah, I mean, I was I was 17. So, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> uh, that was it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our Listener Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite Miss Krabappel quote? Oh, rest in peace, Marshall Wallace. She was great. Uh, and this this episode made, this, this question made me remember all this stuff uh, first from Aaron some of you may discover a wonderful vocation you never even imagined others may find out life isn't fair in spite of your masters for Bryn Mawr you might end up a glorified babysitter to a bunch of dead-eyed fourth graders while your husband runs naked on a beach with your marriage counselor next from Jason Bart are those liquor bottles um yes take them to enough the, for everybody <laughs> take them to the teacher's lounge you can have what's left after school uh, from Ryan, okay, it's book report time. We'll do them alphabetically. Today, it's A through M. I'm saved. I love being a Simpson. Let's see. We have no A's, so let's go right to the B's. Bart! Ha! A lot of people just also said they just wanted, they just like Krabappel's laugh. The ha. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, from Eric, well, Seymour, because of your penny pinching, we've coming back from a field trip with the fewest children yet. Uh, from Jenny Homer. Hey, does this mean Miss Mrs. Krabappel is a virgin too? Ha! So there you go. Uh, from Will, the children playing the hole against Seymour. From Lauren, Elkham88, can't stop doing the monkey! Uh, from Denise and, Denise and Carmat, Simpsonology, life's too short for fire safety. Let's go out and pick wildflowers. 
That's that's nice. It is. That's why teachers can't be happy because that'll happen. They'll never learn anything. They'll just learn about being happy. <laughs> uh, Gina Man at Eugene R. McGrath. She's faking. Oh god! Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> Uh, from Daniel at Miller seventy nine seventy nine, inebriated Kerbal pulled the Millhouse. Two stars for you and an extra one because you're going to have a hard life. <laughs> yeah, that, the bluntness of Kerbal to the kids is my favorite. Anthony at AC Aviation Aviation Photo, struggling my words. Uh, I love her laugh, but it's as it's not a quote. Here's my favorite quote: Bart has been guilty of the following atrocities: synthesizing a laxative from peas and carrots, replacing my birth control with Tic Tacs. Uh, and finally from James at James underscore Warwick. Now, I don't want you to worry, class. These tests will have no effect on your A's. They may, they merely determine your future social status and financial success, if any. Just a brilliant line. I agree. Yeah. Now, which, what, is, what is your answer? Uh, my answer is, uh, I'm going to go with Aaron on this one. Uh, the uh, Some of you may discover a wonderful vocation you'd never even imagined, etc., uh, etc. Et it's just, it's exactly what is the essence of Krabappel, of like she, you can tell her, uh, uh, very much like Revan Lovejoy, as we learned, uh, had a wonderful idea of what they wanted to be, but they were just ground down by the systems they ended up in. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's her uh, personality to a core. My answer is, oh, don't worry, children. Most of you will never fall in love, but will marry out of fear of dying alone. From Bart's friends, fall. Bart's friend falls in love. Poor, poor children. Poor children. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite fake commercial the Simpsons have done? We have the Turbo Diary uh, in this episode, but there are many, many, many other fake commercials for fake products. What's your favorite? I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it is time once again, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt is destroying me this season. Not a big fan of it. I need to reverse Aww. course quickly or I will be deluged. Uh, let's see. Deluged? Can you be deluged? Is that a can yes, be that, you can absolutely that can. can that be a verb? Okay. Uh Matt, give me an easy question. All right, sir. All of your questions today are from Bart the Daredevil. Ooh. Uh what is the name of the main event at the Monster Truck Rally? Truckosaurus? You are correct. Oh, excuse me. Truckosaurus. Precisely. You have to yell it. Your questions are all from Lisa the Iconoclast. Hans Springfeld was an enemy of who? Uh, Jebediah Springfield. Or, 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 you know, Hans Springfeld was Jebediah. He was a sworn enemy of George Washington. Was, what was that, Matt? Who? George Washington is the answer. George, George Save me, George Washington. <laughs> you're, you're correct. Phew, that was a close one. All right, your medium question. What is the final bone Lance Murdoch breaks? Um, hmm. It's either a finger. I don't know if you're going to... A finger. I'm going to be specific, specific on this one. Do I have to name a finger? You have to name the finger he breaks, yes. Uh, I feel like it's pretty obvious. It's his thumb? It is his thumb, because he gives Bart a thumbs up and breaks it. Yay. All right, you may have a question, Matt. What jobs does Homer consider applying for in the old-timey parade after reading the newspaper? 
Uh, oh, hmm. is this a meme question? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I remember is Apprentice, because he says, I think I want to be an apprentice. What kind of apprentice? Uh, that's for my master to decide. Um, I want to see Butter Churner comes to mind. I don't think Organ Grinder is in there, but that's not like it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Butter Churner, Organ Grinder, and Apprentice. You're close, Matt. Oh, really? Okay. That's a butter, I thought I'd be. A Butter Churner. A oh, okay. Typhoid Carrier. Typhoid Carrier. An Apprentice. And then finally, Town Crier as well. Well, yeah, that's okay. You're right. That, that probably should have been my answer because it is part of the plot. But typhoid All right. typhoid You're, Carrier. Typhoid Carrier. Okay. What are the names of the two wrestlers at the beginning of the episode of Bart the Daredevil? Um, Bart the Daredevil is pretty old. I imagine they're relatively simple names. The Sheik and the Maniac. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, it is Professor Werner von Braun with a W and Rasputin. Rasputin and von. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was actually playing the Simpsons arcade game last night, and Rasputin is the boss of, I believe, the first level. So okay. that's what made me think of it. Your your final question, Matt. Your hard question. What items are in the Jebediah Springfield display case, and not only what is named? Oh dang! I was like, I could name them. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, his fife, his chamber pot, his, uh, axe, which he hacked to the chains of oppression. Or is, is that a hacksaw? Something to cut the chains of oppression. Um. Something. Obviously the silver tongue, uh, because that may have been part of a different display. Um, I want to say it's also his coonskin hat and a rifle. Hmm. How potentic will Robbie be? I'll give you a point. Okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's Fife, Chamber Pot, Hatchet, his coonskin hat, a rifle. There's also a pipe, a pistol, some money, some cu- some cups, and a horn of some kind. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. You're lucky I'm being generous. I'm apparently. You did get like half. That's a hard question. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially since they only mentioned three of them, there's <laughs> like nine. And frankly, when they change perspective, some of the items disappear. So I'm not sure necessarily what <laughs> count. Uh, but that that's our question. Uh, I gained a point. That's what we're. That's what we need, Matt. This is what we need. What I need, you don't need it, but I need uh-huh. it. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, that's it for trivia this week. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever, and how good they are. All right, Matt, where does this episode go? That's a great question. So let's look. Uh, I mean, we're looking like post-Golden Years. I mean, honestly, I think it probably goes at least in the top 20 in post-Golden Years, which puts it above 172, and that's Mayor to the Mob. I yeah, I think it's better with it's definitely. I think mine was looking at is it better? Is it better than Homer? Homer. Homer. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, better than Homer because it's kind of the same idea of like one character kind of changing uh, who they are, and it's very much a Homer Lisa episode as well. I don't think it's that good, but it is pretty close. Is it? Um, how about half decent proposal? Oh, I don't know. It's got the whole lighthouse thing in it. Okay, I'm going to say this. I, I, It's very close to Half Decent Proposal, but it's definitely better than 8 Misbehaving. So I'm going to say it goes somewhere in between those two. 
I think it is better than half decent proposal. I, I mean, think, I'm not really wedded to that concept, so you know, I, I, I if think, you wanted to put it at 145 or 146, I could be okay with that. Honestly, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace, I feel like it's probably better than that one, so I would be happy with 145. I'm trying to remember Ever Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. I think that's the one where Bart burns down the Christmas tree, and I think that's the one. They yeah, they fight over the washcloth at the end. Yeah, I think it's very close. I don't think it's better than Omar. I think it's better than Half Decent Proposal. I am a little bit torn on Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. I really actually like Miracle on Evergreen Terrace quite a bit for what it is. Oh, it, it's funny how we have these episodes that one of us really enjoys and one of us really doesn't because that one I just – I do not care for it at all. I don't know why. Like it's it's just not that funny to me. Eh, I I don't know. I, I like I think it's it's a it's a relatively strong Christmas episode. It's not near, obviously not their best Christmas episode, but I think it's strong enough, and it ends with that. I think I like it because it ends with that very down, like you know, opposite of a Christmas ending where they're fighting over a washcloth. Like it's the the only thing they have left, and they're just like, "Hey, we have a one washcloth." And they have, a, and but they also find joy in having just a washcloth. They're like they have fun with it at the end, and I think there's kind of a. I think it's. I think Miracle on Evergreen Terrace is better. Actually, I think upon that moment of just me remembering that, I was like, "Yeah, I like that a lot." Um, I would put it at one forty-six. I disagree, but I'm not willing to fight over it because I, I think it's close enough that you know, whatever. That's those. Are, that's the best, Matt. When I uh -huh. when I can just go, oh, Matt doesn't care enough, so I win. That is true. I just I don't remember Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. It's one of those episodes that I have this vague dislike of and don't really know why. Maybe I could argue specific points if I remembered it more. I mean, it's not. I don't. Yeah, it's not, like I said, it's not perfect. But I think the Dad Who Knew Too Little is also not perfect. I think we we mentioned its flaws, but it largely is solid. It's funny. It grounds the characters well. It has. They have a like. It sure they you like the. It has. You know zany stuff happening but because it's it's foundation is homer this homer and lisa relationship you can go out a little crazy with this stuff like human cannonballs and the halls of mirrors at the end i think that's okay um i think this is immediately our best for season 14 yep our best season 14 episode already uh this is number one season 14 so far uh number 146 right above half decent proposal Right below Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. Uh, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is still Simpson Safari. However, Matt, there may be a contender for the crown of worst episode in next uh -oh. week. Because next week we are watching Strong Arms of the Maw. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. All right. Um, Marge uses steroids. Uh, that's quite the bad one. Uh-huh. Oh man, that's really bad. Sexually, All right, I'm sexu here for it. Sexually assaults her own husband. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? Yep, that no. is fantastically bad. Yeah, it's Ooh. very, very, very bad. Uh, I'm <sighs> not looking forward to it, but we'll talk about it. You can watch along with us if you hate yourself. Uh, <laughs> you can find this list on our website, SimpsonsShow.com. Links to everything there: our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, throw us show a couple dollars. We'd really appreciate it. I'll pay for hosting. 
uh, keep the lights on, all that stuff. We we thank everyone who does support us. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and my website is RobbieDorman.com, including links to my other podcasts and links to buy my books. My newest novel, Underneath, is a horror story uh, filled with body horror and homages to the thing and Antarctic terror and frozen terror, and it's great. Uh, I I I. Suggest you guys all go check it out. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. It has become so cold in Florida that it's decided it's time to hibernate. You'll have to send all your messages by Penguin. Uh, just write your message on their fuzzy little white bellies and uh, send it on my way. No, don't do that. Those poor, those poor penguins. It's fine. Just use washable ink. Mm-hmm. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this episode. Shh.